The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whenever you're ready. This is Caleb. And this is Mark. And we are Shank and Mame. And we are live here from the Columbus Arts Council, about to be at Munch Center Brothers. And this is Porch Talk. And this song is called Ain't Around. Guitar love loves it when I play. Every time I put it out of use, she's gone away. She's gone away. Well, I play it good and loud, love. Play it damn near every day. Every time I put it out to play it, she ain't away. Gone away. She's gone away. Gone away. She's gone away. Every time I put it out of use, she's gone away. She's gone away. In town. Every time I pull it out, I play it, she ain't around. She ain't around. Well, I can play it good and low, you know I'm looking to get down. Every time I pull it out, I play it, she ain't around. 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 Every time I pull it out, I play it, she ain't around. She ain't around. Well, when I play it all the way, yes, I don't play it at all. That old woman's gone and I'm left here trying to crawl. boys and girls welcome back welcome you to porch talk it's your host alan we are at the columbus arts council 
Got Shank and Mame here with me, and they just shared a little tune with you. Uh, Caleb Bark, I really appreciate y'all taking the time. These boys are currently stationed out of the college town, uh, Bulldog Country, Mississippi State, Starville, Mississippi. Uh, for starters, how in the world did you end up in Starville? Mark, Caleb, which one of y'all want to take it? Oh, man, that's a long story. You want to get first, Mark? You got it. It's not a very long story. I... Uh Grew up in Ware, and then Ware, we yeah we had bumper <laughs> stickers that uh-huh. said that. Oh. I may still have one somewhere. I'm about to fish that out. It might be worth something by now. Even though Ware is still there, but uh, in a roundabout way, I ended up moving to Starkville, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> not not a lot happened in between. Now you went to school for maps. You went to school. Yeah, you GIS guy. I was a GIS guy. Yeah, <laughs> GIS and. Um, yeah, the program at Mississippi State, and that's where I graduated. Hey, you owned a pet store in Starkville. I did own a pet store. leave all this out. You know, you know more about I my uh, history Jeez, than I do. I guess I, open up a little bit more. Yeah, I, on, get, I guess I've forgotten a lot of, <laughs> a lot of it. So out of high school, you was into to maps, and so that led you to Mississippi State and led you to Starkville? Yeah, like I said, in a roundabout way. Um, moved around a bit here and there, but it was always local. Ended up at uh, Mississippi State, working there. Met a lot of... Uh, Met a lot of people, a lot of good influences, a lot of really bad influences, and ended up loving it so much. I just stayed at state, and uh, I still work there. And uh, yeah, like I we said, we probably have a mutual friend. Uh, probably have quite a few. <laughs> uh, he he worked with me at my company for a time. Um, I'm, I don't remember his last name at the time, but he studied GIS. His name was Andrew. Uh, he's a little. He's probably in his late thirties, early forties, but he, he's real sharp when it comes to GIS. But he studied at state. That's my age too. I probably know Andrew. Real good guy. And if Andrew's listening, I'm sorry. I I promise I remember you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to him, dude. Uh, because of GIS, that made my job a whole lot easier. So a lot of respect on that. It was a fun program. Everybody so, in the program was really nice too. I uh, I didn't really do anything with the program. I just continued to work at uh, Mississippi State and got into tech support, so that's where I'm at now. Oh, I got you. Uh, I mean, I think it's commonplace that uh, we should have a flat-earth conversation because we know (laughs) uh, these GPS, I mean, we can confirm that the earth is indeed flat on a turtle's back. All the way down. All the way down. All All the way way down. down. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Caleb, man, Mm -hmm. Louisville, Mississippi, what drew Mm -hmm. you? I mean, Louisville to start with, that's such a far drive. How in the world did you pull it off? I know, right? Yeah, it was the big city growing up. I had to come up here to get my my WWE action figures and get my roller skatings out of my system at the Skate Odyssey and stuff. But uh, I really moved there because I was living with a girl who – well, I wasn't living with her, but she was moving to Starkville to go to the Mississippi State. And I kind of clung on, and I hung around a weekend. That led to a week, and that led to a month. And pretty soon I was living there. And then we broke up, and I just liked Starkville too much. So I stuck around. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, big question for both of you guys. How did music come into your life? What made you want to pick up uh, an instrument? I started out playing drums. In my teenage years, late teenage years, much later than I would have liked to, I always wanted a drum kit. And my parents always said, "Oh, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't stick with it probably, and or it'd be too loud, you know." And then they surprised me and um, let me pick a drum kit whenever I was, I guess, 16, 17, maybe. And it was kind of out of the blue. It was a pretty nice surprise, and the deal was you gotta play them every day. So I did, and um, that sort of 
piqued my interest in music, starting out on drums, and from there it sort of grew, and I just wanted to, I wanted to learn as many instruments as I could, so I tried guitar, put that down for a while, picked it up again a little bit later. Um, bass came when Caleb and uh, my sister bought a bass and gave it to me, and Caleb said, learn to play it, because we have a gig in a couple of weeks, and so I learned how to play bass that way. Trial by fire. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the best way to to always be. It was. He was playing along with me one time at uh, we're brother in laws. We we're at his mom's house and she had two acoustics and I was playing. And I guess I should have asked that first. But no, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get into we'll that. We'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, well, I was playing and he was like just playing along with me and I knew he had played guitar in his teens and stuff, but he was doing bass lines on the guitar pretty much. And I was like, you should play bass and. So we bought him a bass, and they can play bass now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun, a lot more fun than I thought it would be. It never really occurred to me as an instrument for some strange reason, but I don't know, it felt very natural picking it up. So Caleb, what about you? Uh, I come from a pretty musical family. My grandpa was, he was the uh, the Louisville radio DJ. He was like one of the first ones there, and he played guitar around a lot, and a lot of the older folks in Louisville know him as a guitar man, sort of, and so there are always guitars around the house, and my dad played a little bit. He never really played in the band, but there's always a guitar around. And I think when I was like, like probably like seven or eight, I learned to play the intro to uh, "Heard It Through the Grapevine." That don't 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 don't, and then that's like all I learned to play. And but oh. then like years later, when I was like thirteen or fourteen, I was like, I'm really gonna learn to play it, sort of. So I played it. And Just to go back to "Heard It Through the Grapevine" real quick. No. <laughs> Of that that song has been covered by many people. A lot of people know it by CCR. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, you know that song failed three or four times before Marvin Gaye. I really uh, made it hit it big. Of mm-hmm. uh, there's a line in that song. Well, I heard you want to leave me, and you you know the opening of the song and the opening line. And I think for most guys, especially if you went through a a bad breakup like that you usually will hear something like that through the break mm-hmm. through the grapevine yeah but they could not figure out how to make that song a hit and so i didn't know like when you learn how to play it what well, you're playing the six minor and the four or five ain't that the way it walks maybe so yeah and so that's a that's a strange way to approach and then when marvin gay if you'll listen to the recording mm-hmm. opposed to the rest of the way that he did things they made him sing and stressed his voice. He was singing out of his key. Oh, really? And so, like, if you listen to the Marvin Gaye version versus, like, other Marvin Gaye songs, mm-hmm. there was a, a certain strain and a soul in that song that really set it off. And then you have CCR, and, I mean, the list goes on with people oh, yeah. who have covered it, and it's a, a very iconic song. He is a lot smoother in his other stuff. Now that you mention it, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, that was done on purpose. I, like when they were trying to make that song a hit, they could not figure out how it was. Because, but like everyone was so attached to that that opening <laughs> yeah. line. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and most guys who've ever had a broken heart was like, "Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm with that." And yep, so they yep. they finally figured it out. Uh, cool, man. Um, Early songs for me, dude, when I picked up a guitar, it was because of a, my best friend playing at the high school talent show. Oddly enough, it was a CCR song, Proud Mary. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And when he ripped into that solo, it blew my hair back. And I was like, dude, I, 
Screw, <laughs> screw playing baseball. Screw sports. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about sports. This yeah. that stuff is dumb. Mm-hmm. I want to play guitar. It's weird that you say that because ju- you just reminded me. The first time I actually technically officially played live on a stage was in my high school uh, talent contest. And nice. I sort of put together. A where was that? At, at where? At where? <laughs> exactly. Where? where? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Read the bumper sticker. <laughs> follow. Follow me to where. No. Um. Um. Put together a, a band in a, in a hurry with a few uh, close friends, and we actually played a CCR song, "Fortunate Son." Yeah, I think we got second place in that competition. I think we won ten dollars a piece. Nice, <laughs> not a bad, pretty, pretty good for wear. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, wear people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if wears listening. Yeah, that's probably not. But yeah, at the time, I was just like, wait a minute. I that's probably made... about how much uh, Fogarty made off that. Yeah, probably. You know, so. like historically, like. Mm-hmm. As talented as he was, uh, CCR and Fogarty took one of the worst deals when it comes to a record deal really? of all time. I know they have like the most number two hits ever. They never had a number one hit. Too. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It was a weird thing though. It's like mm-hmm. I made ten dollars for playing the drums. It's something that I just always wanted to do, and I just got paid ten dollars for it. And it's like all these lights went off in my head, and I was like, I can make money well, yeah, doing I this. I could do this. <laughs> my first gig, I got ten dollars. No, yeah. Where was mm-hmm. that at? It was on a hunting camp in somewhere in the woods in Mississippi with a play with a guy named Willie King, an old blues guy that I actually met on this stage. Actually, he uh, came to a show. Uh, of his we're here. talking about old Memphis Kings now. Yeah, yeah, old Memphis Kings. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that was with back uh, to me now. Drew Blackwell was also there. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> old Honey Boy. Yeah, good yep. plug, dude. Yeah. So first time you met King was on this stage. Yeah, I met Willie King. Uh, me and my dad, my dad was taking me around to all kinds of blues stuff, and it was real big back then. I mean, there's still some stuff now, but just around here is... So you mean, like, to the blues markers and just to some of the old joints? Or? Yeah, yeah. We went to, like, we went to, like, the Sunflower Festival and the Leland Festival and mm. Willie King's Festival, Freedom Creek Festival. But one of the first places we came was they were used to have blues shows up here pretty regular. Uh, a guy, Richard Ramsey, that used to run the Howlin' Wolf Museum would put on shows and... Mm. One of them was Willie King and a guy named Slick Ballinger, both here. I think Big Joe Shelton was here at the same time. But uh, after the show, my dad wanted me to get a picture of Willie, and I was a little introverted kid, and I didn't want to. But How old would you say you was at that time? I was about 17 or 18, something like that, mm. about 17. And uh, I went up to get a picture with him, and the first thing he says is, you, you play guitar? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, why don't you come over to my house Saturday? He's like, I got some other boys I'm working with. Said, Y'all can make Drew happened band. to be one of them, right? Drew was one of them, yeah. Drew was <laughs> dancing on the stage that night. They had uh, <laughs> they had run out of seating, and Drew and some other friends of his got here late, and they like were, like couldn't get in, so they found Willie. They knew Willie would let them in. They were like, Willie, can you get us in? And Willie went and begged the people to let him in, and they had him some seats on the stage over there. So by the end of the night, Drew was up and dancing on the stage pretty much. <laughs> Uh, so uh, before that, influence-wise, uh, you, you talked about your first coming out, so to speak, was with CCR. What about you? Or would, it, would that blues introduction really shape you into, I mean, yeah. obviously you're playing blues now. Yeah. Um, when I first started playing music, I was trying to play like Randy Rhodes, Ozzy Osbourne stuff, and like ACDC and stuff like that. And... 
I was playing a little bit of blues too, like I. So the radio show that your grandfather was that was it a classic rock kind of show? No, or? it was a country show. It was back oh. like he's radioed like DJing back in the fifties and sixties and oh, stuff. Okay, and okay. So it's more country and everything, but uh. So like you was kind of a heathen then. Yeah, a little bit. And <laughs> well, my dad was that same way. He was he was a DJ there too when he was a teenager, and he I think he got in trouble one time for playing the. Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner to sign off one night. <laughs> he got in trouble about that. But uh but yeah, I started doing that stuff, but then I met Willie and that's when I started playing my first gigs. And I'd listened to some blues before then, but I really got into it then and that's kinda what's led me from then pretty much. So uh brother in laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh it would be your sister, Mark, that right. would bring y'all together? Or did y'all know each we other? Knew, we prior? knew each other before then, actually. Yeah. Would it be like a Dave's Dark Horse? Or like, what? what, what actually, inter- what yeah, that was the first y'all? time we played live together, right? Or Well, I, I guess so, yeah. there was a house party we played yeah. at that got shut down by the police after like one song. Man. Oh, shout out. Um, what, um, what time period in Starkville was that? Because I remember like 10, 15, 20 years ago, Starkville was a very tough place to do anything. I have a terrible memory. I don't even know what year it is now. 2012, somewhere in there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your word for it. Yeah, I think so. I can't keep up with around the in there. Years. We were in a band together called Sipsy Fires that was pretty much a rock band. Yeah, we played at the Princess some and played at Dave's and we had this wacky dude that was the keyboard player. Keyboard player is weird. Anyway, he <laughs> we let him book us and he booked us all over. We played in like Birmingham and Tuscaloosa and all these little bitty bars and stuff. But uh. Anyway, that's how we met. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, we, y'all, y'all did a um, um, audition for drummers. Yeah, and uh, and I showed up, and uh, yeah, we played some really weird gigs. We played a lot of gigs together, mm-hmm. and then after that, I, I was sort of the fill-in drummer for the uh, Old Memphis Kings whenever their drummer would uh, be unavailable. I filled in a few times. Yeah, and it sort of grew from there, I guess. How'd you get hooked up with that? Just through Caleb or? Uh, Old Memphis Kings, yeah, I met Drew. I guess sort of through um, through Caleb. Um, I guess I had I had sort of run into Drew a couple of times, but I guess I technically met him. At, I mean, I don't know if he wants me to say this at the men's urinal at Dave's. Uh, <laughs> I just sort of, I was sort of that guy, you know, a couple of drinks deep. And, hey man, I know you've seen you playing for That's the Memphis Kings. Kind of the way King. I've met a few people myself. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to that open mic at. Uh, Dave's. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah, you meet a lot of people that was way. First getting to know him, we had an exchange at the urinal. Uh, I was doing my business, and he comes up, and he has one of those. He found one of those slippery when wet signs, and he puts it between us, and he's like, no crossing the streams. This ain't <laughs> Ghostbusters. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, see, I don't even remember any of these things. I have a terrible memory. Yeah. Caleb remembers all these things about me, and I'm just like, if you yeah. say so, man. I don't remember yeah. that happening. But <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I have a problem. Well, tell me a little bit about the formation of what y'all got going on now. How long have y'all been doing uh, Shank and Mame? By the way, I really enjoy the name. Where'd it come from? <laughs> uh, well, it was back in the Sipsy Fires days. We were talking about uh, if we we should branch off and do a duo, we would call it, Mark came up with the name, Shank and Mame. I don't think we had any kind of idea that it would be Mark playing bass at all. If or, we did a do, <laughs> or what it would well, be, I mean, like, I guess. what y'all no. just gave on this show is a real stripped down version. Like I'm used to, like, and I've seen both of you solo. I want to say, and usually Probably. it's like if y'all are solo, it's not just you playing one instrument. You're like both of you are multi instrumentalists yeah. at at the same time. 
Makes me anxious not to be doing something with hands and feet. I yeah. guess it comes from playing drums, starting out on the drums, you know. It's like, why aren't, why aren't my feet moving? Yeah. We usually have our feet playing drums, and I'm playing a harmonica. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I want to say, like, first time y'all played down at Munson's, that may have been the first time I saw y'all. And I, I think it was Ryan, uh, the Munson himself, called me, and he said, you need to get down here if you're around. Come check this out. Oh, oh man. Cool. And, uh... Cause I mean I'm always got, I've got my eye out for especially when it comes to local talent, especially Golden Triangle, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, like I was like, I was a little I was blown back by it. I was like, yeah, these guys are cooking. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, thank you. And it's it's very representative of the state. Uh, you know, a lot of people. I don't know. They they kind of feel some kind of way about the blues. It's like well. Should we carry on the tradition, and does it matter, like, uh, your background or where you come from? Yeah. No, if you feel it, you feel it, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you got skin in the game if you learn from Willie. Yeah, man, that's what I always think. I've, you know, contemplated that question a lot, too. But Willie, if, I know Willie would always just say, oh, you have to keep playing it, man. you got to carry it on. He told me that several times, you know. So yeah. I'm just like, I don't feel bad. I mean, I've heard bad. Drew tell me that, you know. Yeah, so I don't feel bad about playing, you know. Yeah. He would want me to. Because some people really take it that way. It's like you're you're taking advantage of the craft. Just because just you're playing in the state of Mississippi doesn't mean you have to do that. No, it's yeah. Like, mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's not – I mean, I play in a blues band too. Mm-hmm. And, like, we play at some rowdy juke joints. Like, we'll do the Blue Front Cafe and whatever else. And, like, nobody throws any shade. But, like, it seems like the further you get away from, like, the blues vernacular, it's like – well, you got a bunch of white boys doing this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like, because we learned from Jimmy Duck Holmes, man. Give yeah, us a break, yeah. uh-huh. you know? But it's, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think any any art form, I mean, you think about when it comes, I mean, what did Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, I mean, all those guys from uh, the U.K., when they came over here, what was the first place they wanted to go? They wanted to go to Mississippi. Yeah. And they wanted to go where their inspiration came from. And, like, we're just paying homage. Yeah, yeah. That's all we're doing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the way I feel about it. So, back to uh, Shank and Mame. Like, uh, y'all came up with a name and started practicing. Like, tell me how, like, uh, just for those listening who maybe are just trying to get their skin in the game. Like, how did y'all, how did y'all break out? Was it going to open mics or um, what happened? Uh, we would, uh, I think the first time we played, it was a friend of ours was wanting us to play uh, a kind of their little wasn't a benefit. You mean the crawfish boil? Yeah, crawfish boil. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, off campus over there. Yeah, a friend of mine, J.C. Long, he made that pedal right there. hey oh yeah. Shout out, dude. That's my right-hand man, dude. Oh, yeah, you know J.C.? Dude, yeah. Yeah. Uh, dear friend of mine. He's yeah, been, he's been on the guy. show three or four times. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's crazy you bring that pedal up, Yeah, man. If, you get, if you're listening. Out. I love the pedal. I don't play without it. If you're listening, uh, J.C., you owe me a pedal. <laughs> oh, but yeah, he uh, was asking if we'd play at it, and uh, and we did, and that was really our first gig. We did open for Honey Boy and Boots here too, but uh, I guess we had kind of by that point been around Startful enough to where we knew most of the bar owners and and stuff, and uh, yeah, we sort of had some connections, I guess, and we you know yeah. started op- we opened for uh, some mm-hmm. other bands, so many good musicians around <laughs> this w- area. It wasn't hard to find people to uh, connect up with. I will say when me and Drew. We're first doing the Old Memphis Kings in Startful. We played at Dave's uh, Dark Horse open mic probably like 30 times or so. Mm-hmm. And like Dave eventually 
like saw us and he gave us a Tuesday night. They Have had, you ever received a note from Dave? Oh, the police turned down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish we'd kept them all. Oh, yeah, I've got a few of them. <laughs> We've got a few. Shout out, Dave. Shout out, Dave. Man. It's just part of the atmosphere. If you're not getting a turn down notice, then yeah. you're not. You're what do you do? A little note on a napkin. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah time, man. Uh, Lee Graham showed us one one time. What did it say? It's like, turn down 15%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, well, what of, uh, what of the day? Like, uh, as far as shaking mame, uh, shanking mame. Uh, do you get out of town a whole lot, or you just kind of keep it in the golden triangle? What are y'all into right now? Kind of, we uh, we play down at the casino a good bit. We've been- the future is a hefty responsibility, and not one that we take lightly. But then, taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mama Dem's restaurant. Yeah, we do like a brunch gig down there. Uh, it's pretty cool. And Love this in Philadelphia. Down there. They're so nice. And uh, let's see, we're getting down to Meridian to the Brick House. Brick House, yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need to get back down there. Yeah, and we've been to uh, the Shack Up Inn over in Clarksdale. And Shout out, baby. Yeah, oh, we love them. I'm we're, ready to get back in there. That's me too. Cool I need place. to. A friend of mine from uh, France just moved there. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, he was living out in the Dallas area mm-hmm. for a time. He came over uh, from France. He landed in Los Angeles, and he hooked up with uh, Shooter Jennings, Waylon's son. And uh, Shooter and Waylon really really took him in. I don't know if y'all are familiar with uh, Cody Canada and Cross-Canadian Ragweed. Oh, yeah, I know Cross-Canadian. He would play some, like, Red Dirt uh, country with those guys, and he really found his way in the blues. Mm -hmm. Lived out in Texas for years, and he just recently is placed in Clarksdale so uh, cool. that gives me a hell of an excuse to get over there yeah no so uh, I'm really excited about yeah. that there's nothing really like the shack up in and like it's not golly dude what I mean what an honor yeah I mean good for y'all yeah man we, we was a lot of fun and any gig that gives you a place to stay mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's always it. great yeah. too yeah. it's almost like you've paid enough yeah <laughs> for real it's such a cool scene down there though I mean it's like um I don't know, a little island of its own down there. We'll be, Such a cool spot. We'll be back over there again soon. They 
they told us to message them and remind them who we are, and they'll book <laughs> us again. That's we just need to message them. So yeah. Mm. Well, tell me a little bit about like uh, just to back it up a little bit, just as far as like when y'all are beginning to find your sound, and I'm sure Willie influenced a whole lot of it. But oh, yeah. just the early days, uh, you're playing drums, Mark. Like, who would inspire you for like the style of drums that you would want to play? Well, I I sort of started out as like a little bit of a metalhead, I guess, and sort of went through a bunch of different uh, genres, and uh, it's it's still kind of an open book there. But I guess honestly, um, with regard to blues, Caleb and Drew sort of I'll say introduced me to blues, introduced me to playing the blues, and sort of um, sort of. I don't know. Taught me the feel of it and everything, so I owe a lot to them for that. So, their Old Memphis Kings was definitely um, my biggest starting out blues influence. What? You lied on your resume. I mean, <laughs> we wouldn't have yeah. never hired him if also, we'd known that. Also, huh? lied about my name and everything yeah. else <laughs> and my age. Mark, he crazy bastard. Yes. <laughs> I get that a lot. You'd be yeah. surprised how how often I get told that. <laughs> Probably every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I owed, I owed them so much for that. So fill it, being their fill-in drummer, I guess, sort of uh, was my was my real official introduction to actually playing the blues. I guess you know, I wasn't just a, a huge fan of the blues before then because I didn't really, I, I, don't, I guess I didn't really understand the scene. But uh, they've taught me so much. So uh, they say there's a there, there's something about the blues like uh, between listening and feeling it. I don't, a, I don't know if y'all could concur. That's exactly oh, yeah. what like, it uh, was like for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like the band that the blues band I'm in, I play bass for, and like we don't we don't practice. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of you just feel it way. out. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like we show up, and you tell me, the, just tell me the key. Oh yeah, uh, fill it out, baby. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I put I'll put some I put some feel behind it. Willie would be like, I believe it's a B right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much the way it is. I mean, it's like, it's so, uh, like, simple of music. And I don't mean that in a way, but, like, a bad way. But, like, it's so simple of the music that it allows room for so much more expression, really. Yes. To make it interesting. And, really well put. Yeah. A lot of it is to be organic. Like, if you lock mm-hmm. into the same thing over and over and rehearse it until it's uh, in a box. I You'll guess turn into a jam band. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. will. That's and, very, yeah. And it's easy to hear, like, I remember my dad had a way of describing some people we've seen before who are, like, amazing guitar players. But he'd be like, when they're playing blues, like if somebody sat in with Willie or something, he'd be like, they sound like if you asked, a, like, a Nashville session ace to play blues, that's what they'd sound like. <laughs> you know, it's just all technique and just beautiful, but... Too rehearsed. <laughs> yeah, it's too rehearsed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I need a little rawness. Yeah, no kidding. I need to hear if you got that dog in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like, what about your transition, man? Like, coming up from Louisville, country music, you said you was a metalhead. Yeah. Like, how did? How would you, I mean, was it, was it Drew and meeting Drew that really transformed the way that you looked at the guitar? Um, I think I was... Is really I bought a uh, a DVD at Startful Walmart when I went to the big city. Of uh, it was Steve Ray Vaughan on Austin City Limits, and it was two different shows. Shout out, dude! Yeah, yeah. And I used to watch that every morning before school. And I remember there's two different times when he first played there, and he was not sober. And there's another one where he put the last time he played and he was sober. 
and the the unsober show was so much better not not that i'm saying anything but <laughs> but anyway yeah i'd watch that every morning and it's probably just uh stevie ray kind of bridged the gap for me there and and then i spent like the rest of my my guitar career trying to not sound like stevie ray <laughs> after you know his sure. first years of trying to emulate him sure dude like i had a guitar teacher here in town dennis mckay shout out to you bub uh but you could definitely tell like Stevie Ray was a huge influence on him, mm-hmm. and you can pick that out with most guitarists, I feel like, because the first thing someone inspired by Stevie Ray does is throw their picks away. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing with their fingers, and they're feeling everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing you know is, like, you're making Stevie Ray licks, and, like, there ain't really else anything that sounds like a Stevie Ray lick. Like, no. it's, it only goes one way. Yeah. And yeah. so I understand, like, what mm-hmm. you're saying is I had to... It's like I had to redefine myself. Yeah. And then, like, from Stevie Ray, though, I, like, went back and looked at all the people he liked, you know, like Hubert Sumlin with Howlin' the Wolf and, like, Muddy Waters and mm. Albert King and stuff like that. And and from there, I went back to, like, Robert Johnson, Charlie Patton, Sunhouse. And it always goes back to Sunhouse, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. When, and when you look at uh, uh, just the – that exact i saw a meme and i thought it was so perfect when it, it was coming to like blues guitar players or just like guitar players i admire it was like stevie ray wanted to be so and so so and so wanted to be so and so so and so wanted to be so and so but so and so wanted to be sunhouse yeah yeah uh-huh. it's like it always goes back to sunhouse it does yeah mm-hmm. and so and and he never gets really the credit no like, we don't it, like it always like goes to robert johnson and it's kind of like it goes yeah. dead robert johnson wanted to be sunhouse yeah yeah I've, and there's rumors about that whole, which I don't really get into the whole crossroad thing. I think he, I think he got his feelings hurt one night, and he just disappeared for a time, and he found himself a good teacher. Yeah, and, and that's that, probably. And what I happened. think, and I think it was Sunhouse, and I think that was the way it was. I do like the legend of him selling the soul, but yeah, yeah, he's well, probably just shout out to old brother Warth though. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy Johnson. <man>. Yeah. <laughs> well, boys, I've. Uh, just to get off music, just for a minute, a uh, little bit on the day to day, man. Is uh, when you ain't out playing music, what uh, what are you into? Hmm. Like work? Or? Yeah. <laughs> like when, talking about the boring things of life. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what we do. Uh, I don't know. What do you do besides work, Mark? I feel like that's all I do. <laughs> then I, I don't know. I go home and I'll I'll have a tune in my head and I'll run through it. So I guess a lot of it comes back to it comes back to yeah. music. It always goes back to music. For <laughs> Somehow it always winds up that I'll I'll have a tune in my head and I'll be like I really I have to learn how to play that. So I'll be itching about it all at uh, at work all day and then I'll get home um, and uh, I'll sort of uh, say hey to my girlfriend and then I'll run <laughs> hide in my music room and. I don't know. Yeah. Run run through the song until I either know it or um, figure out that I I can't play it. <laughs> well, I <laughs> guess that, that speaks to the heart of an artist. Is uh, one thing they say about artists or musicians or whatever format an artist performs is one thing that they have to do is they have to create. Mm. So I guess it does speak to that. So like the mundane, the nine to five or whatever else is it's just something uh, getting in the way of you getting back to the craft yeah what about your personal works is there is there anything in y'all's uh personal uh of uh, music 
that uh, you're really excited about? Any kind of recordings or any any recordings going on with y'all? Uh, we have not recorded yet or discussed it. We talk about we it talk occasionally. About it. I guess we hadn't found the right studio yet, so if you're out there listening and want to want to have us over for a recording, just let us know. There happens to be one downstairs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. The arena. Oh, okay. Braden Sansang, and he happens to be very good at what he does. I know Braden. Mm. Yeah, I've met him a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he runs sound, too, occasionally. And mm-hmm. Yeah, good guy. He's a, he's a good guy, no doubt about it. Uh, there's a lot of good things popping up around here. Yeah, we're going to be at the, the Flamingo event in the... Shout out! We yeah. didn't. We didn't need to bring weekend. that up. We do. Yeah, yeah. Coming, coming back to Columbus next weekend. Uh huh. And just a little bit of spill on the flamingo. Um, flamingos, Columbus Art Council, and uh, we're just really uh, trying to embrace the idea of community. And so, why don't you flamingo of us? And we're going to have uh, Shank and Mame out here to uh, give us some music. Might even uh, get you to kick your feet around and move your body. Yeah. What about that? A little flamingo walk. Get them, <laughs> get them legs bending backwards. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> yeah. Tear you some ACLs, watched, MCLs, and all that. I did watch Black Swan recently. I did too. I watched yeah. it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, y'all into that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Natalie Portman's messed up feet and everything. What's up? <laughs> well, guys, uh, we'll do three more questions to walk it out of the door. Uh, as far as the socials and keeping up with what y'all have going on with Shank and Mame, are your personal music? Where can people go to find that? Well, we've got Instagram, Facebook. Um, I don't actually know our handles. I think uh, our Instagram is Shank underscore Mame. Was on, it, it is Shank underscore Mame, and uh, it was hard for me to find. We need. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we, we probably need to change to change it to just. But I don't uh, get confused with all the other. Like when I when names. I saw that y'all were coming, I was <laughs> I was hanging out with Lance earlier this week. Mm-hmm. I think it was Wednesday, and uh, I was like, "Who's playing Friday?" Shank and Mame, and I was like, "Where are they from?" <laughs> Starville. It's a two-piece blues band. Oh, I know them. <laughs> oh, they're good. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. I got to reach out to them. Uh-huh. And then I, I think I reached out that evening or the next day. I don't remember how it all went down, but I was like, yeah, I think it was the next day because it was real short notice. I think it was Thursday. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to talk to these boys. But, yeah, it's, I think it is Shank underscore Mame. It is, I believe. We'll probably change it eventually, but for now that's what it is. And not to be confused with all the other Shanks and Mames on there. It's a lot of them. I don't yeah. think they go together, though. And sometimes that <laughs> refers to murder. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there are a couple of accounts out there. There are. We're on the Facebook, too. I don't know if we said that. But yeah, same thing. Shank underscore Mame. I think it's just if you search for Shank and Mame, you just look for Mark's beautiful beard. Is that what it is? It is beautiful. I think there's a couple of pictures of it on there. Mm, I talk about Mark's looks quite a bit during our shows. It gets weird. It does get a little weird. (laughs) It has. I've I've been there for it. Yeah, (laughs) we're gonna do it again tonight. Hey, all right. Question two. Of what is uh, what's been your favorite movie to come out this year? Oh, I'm out this year. Mm. Act- I have act- I don't typically go to the movies because it seems like I always get into an altercation with somebody for some reason, and I don't know why. I'm so like unassuming. Somebody's always doing something crazy at the movies. 
Art doesn't do well in crowded areas. He, uh, <laughs> he actually doesn't even like it, live music because of that. If he's not on stage, he doesn't care about it. No, yeah, not really. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, it's he a has weird to separate thing. himself from the crowd. I, I always yeah. feel like I'm, I need to be doing something whenever I'm watching somebody else perform. He's chewing bubblegum or wanting to whoop ass. And he's yeah. always out of bubblegum. <laughs> I'm all out of gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, lo- I do love going to see local musicians play. I guess that's kind of a different story. Mm. but um, I don't know if I've... Hmm, what movie have I seen this year? I mean, it could be like just something you watched on a streamer. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had the new Indiana. You had the new I'd Mission say, Impossible. That just dropped. Oh, yeah, man. I haven't gotten to that one yet either. I just watched The Bear, though. I like The Bear. Okay, that's fine. We yeah, okay. Throw it back. It's a TV show. I bear. tried The Bear. I couldn't get into it. Mark don't like The Bear. I disagree with you, sir. Mark doesn't like most <laughs> I don't, things. I, I, I don't not, like most things. He's not with The Bear. No, he's not with it. Just not. I can't get into it. It stresses <laughs> me out too much. makes me feel like I'm at work, but... Um, I don't. I went to. I went to see the Boogeyman. It sounds oh. a little ridiculous, but it was. It was a lot better than I thought. I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but it was way different than I thought it was, and I definitely recommend it if you're into horror films. Yeah, and the new Insidious just dropped. We went and saw that the other night too. Okay, oh, you you liar. Uh, <laughs> last night? Come on. Well, not last night, but here recently. Yeah, I forgot about that. I guess that sort of tells. Was it good? Uh, well, I already forgot about it. Well, I guess not. <laughs> I do. I did like that first Insidious, but. The first, yeah, the first one was yeah. was pretty sick. You know, the last movie I saw in the theater, now I recall, was with my wife and my stepdaughter, and we went to see uh, The Little Mermaid. And the, it was, the live action? Yeah, and it was pretty rad. I liked it. I haven't it was, seen that one yet. It was good. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, anything with that. It's hard to go wrong with some of those live actions. Sometimes with the Disney films, I, I wish they would leave it alone just because, like, yeah, I know that you're you're trying to play with my nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's just not the same. If you don't get it right, you'll ruin my childhood. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, right? Like, the only thing I have left in this life is, yeah. <laughs> is my past. And dude, growing up in the 90s was so rad. No, yeah, it was. <laughs> so dope. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 was, I was very fortunate, man. I grew up um, very close to, uh, I had four boy cousins and I had an older brother. And every day when we get off the school bro- the school bus, we were playing whatever sport was in the season. Basketball, football, baseball in the backyard. Uh-huh. Playing in the woods, building tree forts, you know, whatever else, right? Right on. And we come from a small town like Kennedy. It's like you blink, you miss it. We had a gas station, a post office, a place to get your hair cut, and a caution light. And oh man, y'all had a caution light. And I don't think seven, that. And, yeah, uh, where exactly? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Place that doesn't have and a we had light. seventeen churches, which I bet you can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you had a church for every flavor, but dude, I, I look back <laughs> on those days fondly. You know, because um, my mom was real strict about TV. Like when I was a child, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of TV shows. It was uh, I remember as an adult, you mentioned wrestling earlier. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember like being twenty twenty one and sitting down and watching wrestling with a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and it it blew my hair back and it made me a fan. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And what was crazy is like we were watching like WWE live t- like up today, ten years ago now, but <laughs> even today I I still watch it today if I have the chance, but uh. And like he was explaining everything, like there's a heel and yeah, like yeah, all, all the all, and he was in everything about 
everything about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's all theater. And he's like, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, I bet she was the guy that would call wrestling fake, wouldn't you? And I was like, no, I didn't really say anything about it because I, <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. And he was like, uh, if you think wrestling's fake, let me uh, let me do a stone cold stunner on you. Yeah, and see how you feel about it. Yeah, you know? uh-huh. but like he's right, and his his one big thing. Shout out, brother Cobb is uh, a lot of these guys could wrestle a broomstick and make it look good. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. real talented at the craft. Yeah, and it's all entertainment, right? It's not like a UFC fight. No, no, yeah. Like they say, the the kayfabe, you know, where they would pretend that it's real and go to any lengths to like yeah. prove it's real it's like all been broken down now but i heard some wrestlers talking the other day about how they think it's better now because people are in on it so they can like you know you can go there knowing it's not real and get in have you ever it. been to a live event i have like a tupelo uh, or i've never been to like a wwe one or anything i've been to nwa billy corgan's wrestling say, shout out dude smashing yeah. pumpkins <laughs> yeah, baby corgan, my, my wife is the biggest billy corgan's and Smashing Pumpkins fan, so she, anytime there's an NWA event or a Smashing Pumpkins concert near, we go. What a tall, freakish dude. Bro. Oh, man. I love his music and I love everything that he it does. It is. It's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's taller crazy. than most of the wrestlers in his wrestling organization. Dude's like six, seven, easy. Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. I remember like watching it. It was a viral YouTube video. Um, he was at this like strip mall. It was like a two story strip mall, and they were like in the plaza area. Mm hmm. And he was walking down there, but I was like, oh, it's Billy Corgan. And a guy happened to have, like, a crap guitar. And uh, he walks over there, and, you know, the guy filming's right by the guitar, and Billy picks it up. Hey, if I if I break your strings, I'll buy you some new one. And if the guitar, if I break your guitar after I get finished, I'll buy you a new one. Uh-huh. He tunes it down. And he plays. It's a long way to top. It's a long way to the top if you want to <laughs> rock and roll. I'm also, by ACDC. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, to hear Billy Corgan do that cover, just like with a cheap guitar <laughs> yeah. toned down, uh-huh. I highly recommend that video. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm going to look that up. It's like watching yeah, it on the way to Munson, yeah. actually. <laughs> it's pretty sick. Uh, <laughs> last question, walking out the door. What was uh, your favorite impressions of this conversation? Hmm. Favorite impressions? Yeah. Mm. Fra- favorite part? Hmm. I, well, it's over. That's the favorite part. <laughs> no, no. Hmm. I love talking about Mark's looks. We talked about that a little bit. Caleb always reminds me of uh, things that I've said and done when I was in certain states or periods of my life that mm-hmm. I don't remember now. So that's always nice, too. Mark is ne- I do that to my Mark, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Maybe our Mark's. Must be something about it. I don't know. I just always erase my history as I go. Mark didn't mention through this whole interview that his favorite band is Jimmy Eat World. That's <laughs> I'm sad about that. Oh, man. That's, a, the that's, middle. An, that's an ongoing joke. I've, I, I think I know one song by them, and I wouldn't even know it if I probably heard it today. If you're listening, hey. See, I'm not even. Yeah. I'm not even I'm not familiar with that one. They've, they've bought me shirts before, and everything. They're just convinced. I don't even know where that came from. Either. It just came out of thin air. He was hating on me because I like Steely Dan. Oh yeah, that's easy to and do. And I said, yeah. Over like, Steely Dan. You don't like <laughs> Steely Dan. See, I, it always it's like the it bounces back on me when I say that. Everybody uh, always gives me that same look that you just gave me. Uh, I like, think. Wait, what? I kept trying to find a song that he might like, and he was just just. 
talking about. He just about. turned off totally by it. See, I, I, I can tell by looking at him. That, I don't know. You'll Dirty never work, get Dirty through this a good guy. song. I like Dirty Work. I don't know why. But though. I said, I they can can't all be Jimmy Eat World, Mark. I guess that just came off yeah. the top of his head. And I, was just <laughs> I had like, a wild thing. I used to do this guy back in high school, back during the high school parties. He would piss me off all the time. We would bring him out. Like, you had a whole party. And he would be on his phone. Uh, and, like, publicly in front of everyone, I'd be like, would you get off your phone and stop twittering Gwen Stefani? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, and still to this day, mm-hmm. I've been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> and he's married with children, and it's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, anytime I catch him on his phone, Gwen Stefani can wait. <laughs> get off of here. Uh, Speaking of Twitter, we haven't done anything controversial yet. So I sincerely, oh I sincerely hope Threads kills Twitter once and for all. Go to hell, Twitter. That's <laughs> not. Twitter just wrote out their ad revenue, and they're paying, buddy. They're paying good. I suspected so. Yeah. Hey, hashtag Gwen Stefani. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I have a bad history with Twitter. Twitter's fine. I just, I don't know. I like Threads better. I'm not on it. I've, I haven't tried out Threads, but I am a Twitter whore. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> you'll, you'll probably love Threads then. I might try to get over there. I'm just so sick of, like, a... All these new so I never I didn't did the whole TikTok thing. I, I've, I've never like. Yeah. I, I don't I've got like I've got either. the big three in my opinion. I got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and that's that's just it. I, just, I, don't, I don't want any anything. I don't want anything else to keep up with. Yeah, I'm too old to learn any new. Yeah, that's how media. I feel, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like threads. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> the Twitter feed makes yeah. me feel like I'm having a panic attack. It's too much to take in all at once. Oh yeah, yeah, it's something else. Well, Mark, Caleb. Thank y'all so much. Uh, it'll be too late because they've already been, but you could come to the Flamingo. Yeah. A couple weeks. Everybody at home, peace out. Be safe. Don't do nothing stupid. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thanks. Thank y'all, dude. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I've listened to it all day today. Thank you, man. You're welcome. I'm I appreciate like that. Subscribe. <laughs> hey, rate and review the show, you yeah, suckers. For real. <laughs> man, I'm talking to the audience, too. Get it, Put it in the work for me. <laughs> trying to make some dollar bills i got student loans coming up for due anyway we're getting out of here peace out bye when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.